Hey guys, we just want to thank you guys for joining us. I am Candy with Candy in the Neighborhood and this is Pastor Mario Gomez. Today we're going to be talking about believe it or not. We are going to be dealing with belief, faith, and unbelief. So if you are listening to us for the first time, we do something here. We in the comments say we where we are watching from. So if you are watching from Bakersfield, California, because we are coming from you live from Bakersfield, California, a hundred and I don't know what, it felt like 110 today, but I don't know if it was like 102, but it felt like 110. But we always come from Bakersfield. Sometimes you'll see Mario um, coming in because he does work out of town, but today I have him here. So yeah. got lucky, huh? Yeah, excited. So um, just let us know where you're watching from, city and state. So I'm gonna wait to see if any of you are coming on because sometimes Facebook will delay our live show and people cannot see it. So are we live, Mario? Yeah, we're good. Okay, we're good. All right, so we're gonna be talking about unbelief. Believe it or not, we may have some unbelief. So let me just um, give you a definition of unbelief. Unbelief is basically the absence of faith. And it says that in the New Testament, disbelief of the truth Oops. Disbelief of the truth. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Disbelief of the truth of the gospel, rejection of Christ as the savior of men and the doctrine he taught, the teachings that he taught, um, the distrust of God's promises and faithfulness. Th these you will find them in Matthew chapter 13, Mark 16, Hebrews um, chapter 3 and Romans chapter 4. But today we're going to be talking about John chapter 11 and we're going to be talking about the death of Lazarus so yeah so uh, our scripture today is again John chapter 11 3 through 7 and then we're going to skip to 14 um, actually just read all of John so we're going to read so the sisters sent word to Jesus Lord the one you love is sick verse 4 when he heard this Jesus said the sickness will not end in death no it's for the glory, God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was. <clears throat> he was for two more days. Verse seven, and then he said to his disciples, "Let's go back to Judea." Now we're gonna jump to fourteen. Verse fourteen says. And this is super important. If you're taking notes, highlight it. It says, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So today is all about believing. And a lot of times the Lord will allow us to go through things for our own unbelief so that we can believe in him the issue of this is is it's difficult for us mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. difficult for us to um you know go through that and and because our belief will set us back it'll keep us from certain things but we're going to get into that a little bit later so candy's gonna go ahead and take over and and so when they sent for him he still stayed over there two days Right. And it said that he did that on purpose and he was dealing with unbelief again. And so it says that when he got to Bethany, that Martha seeing Jesus and she runs up to him and she's like, Lord, if you would have been here, Lord, he yeah. wouldn't have died. 
She she understands the power of healing. Like she knew that Jesus could heal him. So she's telling him like she's upset. You know, she's like, why are you here so late? Like you're late. So what happens is there's an expectation of Jesus. She had an expectation that Jesus would be there and he's failed her. So that's like us. Where in our lives has Jesus failed you? That you had an expectation. You've been praying for something. You expected something, but he failed you in that area. It didn't go the way you wanted it to go. So what do you do when Jesus doesn't do what you expect them to do. And so she's dealing with this right now. Like, why didn't you come? If you would have been here, he would still be alive. And then he starts dealing with her unbelief. And he tells her in verse, um, let's go into verse 23. 23 through 27, it says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. He'll rise up. Martha answered, listen to her attitude. She had like a little attitude with this. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Basically telling him, duh, Jesus, I know he's going to resurrect. I know my brother's going to resurrect because I understand scripture that it says on the last day that all who are dead will rise up again. So I get it. Right. I get it. Well, it's no difference with us, too. Like, we have these, you know, godly expectations. Like, we've been praying or fasting or... or um, I know for me, like, we were talking about this before, mm-hmm. is that sometimes we have godly expectations of what we think his will is and when it doesn't go that way yes our faith is shaken or we might get attitude i don't know if any of you have ever had attitude against god you're like really i thought it was gonna go this way so i i don't want people to think like oh man like me and candy we got it all together and you know we (laughs) we we don't you know, question God, you know, but I, in, in instances we do, you know, when things don't go your way. And so later on in the show, we're going to talk about, you know, specific instances when they don't go our yeah, way. Yeah. And we're talking about a storm, a big one. Yeah. Her brother died. Yeah. These are when huge storms come into your life. You know, you have baby storms and you're like, oh, yeah. I got this. Yeah. But when big things happen, when deaths happen, when disease comes, when you lose your job, when you don't got no money in the bank, when there's a real struggles and you've been praying and fasting and God doesn't right. do what you expect him to do. This is that type of hurt. Right. When she tells Jesus, where were you at? Lazarus would be alive if you would have came. Right. He tells her he's going to rise again. And she says with an attitude, I know he'll rise again on the last day. And he tells her in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Right. And she has to think about it. And she says, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the son of God, who is to come into the world. Jesus has to deal with her unbelief. You see, she said, yes, I know he'll come when resurrection 
comes. You see, she's seen resurrection as an event, as a happening. And he's telling her that resurrection isn't a happening. It is an event. It isn't something that you need to wait for. It is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. He tells her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Do you believe? And I have to ask you guys today, do you, do you believe? He says, even though you die, you don't die. We live. Do you believe this? Well, you know, and that's a a situation, of course, when you're in your fields or, you know, you're in that heavy storm. I know exactly how the sisters felt because you guys know I lost a brother when he was 17 years old, died in a horrible car accident. And that made that shook my faith. At that time, I was um, I was actually a youth pastor at the time when he passed away. And what it did to me was it shook my faith. It shook my faith. I had to go back and really deal with my unbelief like man lord because some of the thoughts that came through my mind was okay maybe i wasn't you know a good christian all the time maybe i had life issues but man my parents served you they put it all out on the line they've been back and forth throughout the nations speaking of of the good news of christ how could you do that to them so my unbelief I had to go back to the basics and start reading God's word. And we're going to get into those three, those three things that are going to help you in your unbelief. But, you know, to make it on a personal level, a lot of us, we have unbelief within the church. We have unbelief. You might have an unbelief of who you are, why you were made, why you were put on this earth. Yeah. And a lot of times... You know, that's where the adversary likes to whisper in my ear. Well, you know what, Mario? Maybe you're not really who God says you are. Yeah. Maybe you aren't, you know, a good teacher of the gospel. Maybe right. you aren't as loving and kind mm-hmm. as you should be. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, and we're, we're, we're trying to be real with you guys here. Yeah. These are some of our unbeliefs. Sometimes there, were, there was a time where I didn't want to pray for sick people. Yeah. And I I didn't want to go to the hospital and make hospital visitations because I felt like, man, what if I don't pr- what if I pray and then they don't get healed? What if I pray and they die? And it happened. They there was pe- I remember specifically I went to go pray for somebody and they ended up dying. Yeah. And man, I took that my my unbelief. I was like, "Lord, is it because of my unbelief that it caused them you know, to die. Yeah. And so constantly I, I have battled with that and we'll get into the steps on how to grow your faith yes. here soon. But I just wanted to share that and make it personal to say, Hey, we all have unbelief in our lives and it is important for us to understand what our unbelief is and ask the Lord to help us with that. Yeah. Because Martha is teetering. She goes to believing, to unbelief, and Jesus is dealing with her unbelief, and then she'll believe, but then she goes right back. Right after he deals with her on that and says, do you believe? Yes, she believes. She says, yes, you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. And then she runs to go get Mary. And when Mary comes to Jesus, she says the exact same thing as uh, as Martha. She says, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Again, What happens? How do you react when Jesus doesn't do what you expect them to do? 
How, how do you do? How do you react? What are your feelings? What boils up? What comes out of you when God doesn't do what you expect God to do? And let me tell you, sometimes when you're expecting God to do something for you and you are really praying and you're believing that it's going to happen and it doesn't come through and you're already like, dang, what's going on? Expect the haters. Because in verse 37, it talks about the haters come around and they start saying, well, if he opened up the blind man's eyes, he could have healed Lazarus. And that's what will happen. Where's your God now? Someone will say, well, maybe you didn't believe enough or what happened now? I, I, thought I like God... what religious people say. They'll be like, well, maybe you have sin in your life. This is why you don't believe is, you know, you should believe. Or, hey, I've never had unbelief. I mean, I, I've heard these comments, especially it's crazy when we're in our deepest storms, the craziest things that people say to us. Yeah. Especially the, the church, people in church. They say the most off-the-wall things. Hurtful and, things. Yeah, hurtful things. You're supposed to comfort somebody when they're down. Not talk down on them and keep, and keep them lower. You're supposed to comfort. And so what happens is sometimes you have the haters that come around that don't even know what they're talking about. And they're saying, look at Jesus. He could have healed them. Why didn't he heal them? He loves them so much. Right. Where's your God now? Where's your God now? Why and, isn't he? Where is he? You know, where is he at? And All you, that prayer and that fasting. Right. And if you look in scripture, you know, we were talking about it before the show is that it says in the word of God that even Jesus couldn't do miracles in his own town. Why? It, yeah. Why? Why couldn't he do that? The, and the reason why is because uh, there had to be haters there. There had to be disbelief, unbelief. Yes. That he was who he says he was, because how could the Messiah, how could the King of Kings, Lord of Lords come from, you know, a construction background? Yeah. A carpenter. A, a carpenter. How, how could he come from that? How could he be born in a manger? How could he come from a virgin? Believe, imagine what was talked about just about Mary and Joseph. You know oh that you know, you know how the church is. A lot of times people will be like, oh, they're getting married because of why? She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Oh, that's why. It couldn't be, oh, because they love each other or anything else. Usually people will believe negative before they ever believe anything positive about And even you. if she did get pregnant <laughs> and then she's getting married. Right. Stop acting like you don't have sin in your life or you never had sin in your life. Right. You need grace. These people need grace. I need grace. So if somebody comes in, they're already feeling bad that they fornicated and got pregnant. Maybe they are dealing with shame and guilt. They don't need you to add on with all your um, gossip and your, (laughs) oh my God, she's pregnant. Did you hear that? So-and-so's daughter is pregnant. Stop. Because let me tell you that they're all, T.D. Jake said, every family has some dysfunction. So stop. So, So when we read in Mark nine twenty three to 25, it says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believe. So what do you need to believe? We, we want to talk to the people out there. What do you need to believe? Where is your unbelief at? Where are your mm-hmm. roadblocks in this journey uh, you know, of life with Christ? Yeah. Where is your unbelief? And be honest with yourself. Be honest, especially church people. Can you be honest with yourself and quit lying? 
Like, like, be be serious. Oh, and that's the thing is, we all got it together. Everything's good for my house, you know. And no, not everything is always good. Mm-mm. Let's be real with each other and keep it a hundred and say, hey, we have issues of life, and this is why we serve. A perfect God because he loves imperfect people. Yeah. And you know what? That's why we're losing a generation. The millennials, they're they're smart. So even though you're saying Paz de Cristo, the the millennials, the children and the grandchildren, they live in the house with you. They know it's not all good. They know that we're putting a front at church. So we need to stop or else we're going to lose a generation to atheism and everything else. But when you have to have that faith, I'm talking about that faith that moved the stone, that belief. You're talking about Lazarus is dead four days. And so even though you believed and then you have problems believing and then you believe again and then you don't believe, sometimes this is our walk with Christ. This is what's happening with Martha. He's like, Martha, do you believe? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, I believe. No, I don't believe. Yes, I believe. Now he's coming to the tomb. And she just said, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah. She just believed. Right. And now he's saying, move the stone. And she protests. The Bible says she protested. Yeah. She said, no. She told Jesus, um, excuse me, Jesus. Um, how does Angie say? Yeah. Excuse, excuse me. me. Excuse me, he's been dead four days. Um, and the stench, um, it's gonna smell. Unbelief. Yeah. And so Jesus deals for with her unbelief again, and that's where I'm gonna read. Verse forty. Then Jesus said, "Did I not tell you that if you believe?" You will see the glory of God. How many of us cannot see the glory of God because we have unbelief? He says, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you are all that you always hear me. But I say this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Another version says, loose him, loose him and let him go. Man, that's powerful right there. That's super powerful. And and those are the things that we need to understand. And now we're going to go into the three um practical things that you can do to help us with our unbelief. Yeah, before we go into that, yeah. Mario, let's discuss a little bit what just happened in that in okay. John chapter 11. Yeah, go for it. Because you know, sometimes I think that we lose it. we we miss it. We can lose the big message. 
oh, well, we're dealing with unbelief. Do you understand unbelief stops you from seeing the glory of God, the power of God? There are re there, There's like revival ready to happen. Not only in your city, but in your heart. But because of our, our unbelief, nothing happens. So I really want to deal with what's going on in John chapter 11 before we go to the three. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so he's dealing with unbelief. What, why did he have to tell the disciples that? Like, hey, for your sake, I hung out over here two days. Yeah, yeah. and it's because there were, he almost got killed the last time he was there. And it's funny because Thomas, right, he even says, like, almost smart aleck, like, hey, let's go over there so we can die. I mean, if you read it in scripture and I'm just like, man, crazy Thomas. But also I'm like, dude, sometimes I'm like that. Like, like we've been through storms. You've been in a storm in life, right? In the past, the Lord saved you from that. And you might be going through a storm right now. Like he's yes. not going to save you from that storm. He's done it before in your life and he'll do it again. Yes. So, and, and the, that's the difficult part for us as human beings. It's because of our unbelief. It was just like, you know, five years ago, you know, I was sharing with some of you guys, I contracted one of those flesh eating viruses and do, and I was on my deathbed. I was hours away from death. Yes. And he heals me. I mean, like 80% of, 89% of people get limbs cut off. Yeah. And I didn't get anything cut off. Mm -hmm. Right. And so here he's done it before and he'll do it again. The last couple, you know, four years have been through tough times again. But the awesome thing about it is he's faithful. And sometimes it's our unbelief that stops us from the purpose and destiny that God has for you. Yes. And this is why we live in anxiety. We live in fear. I'm yes. not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of fear. I don't have anxiety anymore. Amen. And the reason why is because I finally figured out through the faith in Christ of my purpose in him. Amen. And when you find your identity in Christ, it any storm could come against you. Mm. Any storm could come against you. And it won't matter. It'll yes. hurt because it, it's affliction. It's a, it hurts us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Just like my dad passed, you know, today's his birthday. Today's my dad's birthday. And man, it's been it'll be a year in August. It's hurtful. But man, mm -hmm. the Lord has kept me through it and he's in a better place. And yes. the word of God says he can't come to me, but I could go to him. Amen. So I'm believing those things. I'm yes. believing these things. Yeah. And so, guys, it just takes a mustard seed. But sometimes when we're walking in Christ, that mustard seed needs to grow. You can't be in the same place you were with God last year. You're supposed to grow. And yes, it took a mustard seed. But if you're, as you're walking with Christ, that mustard seed needs to grow. Our faith needs to increase. And if you lack faith, you have to ask for faith. John chapter 11 is talking about believing. Do you believe? At the end, there's this miracle that happens. You're talking about Lazarus being dead 
four days. And the reason why he told the disciples, now let me wait here for two days was because he wanted to make sure he was good and dead. That way nobody could doubt. That way nobody could have said, oh, he was just in a coma. Oh, he was in those last stages and he resurrected. No, 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 no. He was good and dead. And Jesus made sure to wait long enough. He smelled. And then there was commentaries that I read. That it said that Jesus, with all his power and authority, can you understand those words? I am the resurrection and the life. Even though you die, you will live. Powerful words. There's so much power and authority in what he says that when he was calling out the dead man, that he had to call him by name because if not all of the dead, would have came out. So he called them specifically by his name. Lazarus, come out or else all the dead would have came out. Right. Because they hear his name. They hear, I'm, I'm sorry, he heard his name and he came. That is what happens with us. When Jesus calls our name, it, 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 somebody could talk about us, um, you know, before time about Jesus. We can't hear it. We can't hear it. They're all like, oh, Jesus, it, it's just not your time. You're not listening. But when Jesus calls your name, yeah. you hear him and you come. Yeah, that's cool stuff. And that's the important part is right now he's calling people's names. It says that he stands at the door and knocks of your heart, at your heart. So he's a gentleman. He's not going to force you. But he's calling your name. He's saying, hey, it's time for you to come out. This is the cool part. And I heard this in one of my friends preaching this past weekend, Alex Rivera in Journey Church, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He was talking, yeah, he was talking about this scripture. And he said that he was talking about that, you know, when you come out of uh, of death, when you come out of that spiritual death, it says that we're supposed to take off those death clothes. The mm. problem is some of us leave on those death clothes. There was a reason why Jesus told them to take yes. off, to loose him, and for the people to loose him, right? To loose him. And it's because a lot of us, what we like to do is we like to keep people where they're at. Yes. We like to keep people in the past. We like to keep people, oh, I know Ramona for this. I know Mario for that. I and it's might have been years or two weeks ago. But hey, when you come before the Lord and he calls your name, yes, he frees you from death from all those things Mm, if we believe. Yes. If we believe. And so when I I love that part. Death. To life, yeah. but you're still wearing death clothes or death thinking, death, death thinking, ways. bondage because he's in bondage, he's tied down yeah. and says, Loose him. You see, there's freedom with Christ, and there's people that are saved and not free. Right. See, the Bible says that, that who the Son sets free is free, free indeed. indeed. Yeah. So you want to walk around saying, yes, I'm free, but you're not free indeed. There are still grave clothes on you and Jesus wants to loose you, not only call you out, not only bring you from the death into a spiritual life, not only reborn again, but to loose you. And so you can be free, free of all things, free of the stinky thinking, free of anxiety, free of depression, free of addiction, free of all those thoughts that you're worthless. Yes, bad (laughs) relationships, all kinds of things that are dead. 
that you want to play around with and hold on, God is pruning you and taking all dead, all dead things and all dead situations away from you. Let them go. So now we're going to get into the three practical things that will help us build our faith and help us with our unbelief. And the first one is, number one, if you're writing notes out there, the first one is to read the Word of God, to read yes. the Bible. You can find this in Romans ten seventeen. Romans ten seventeen, New Testament. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If none if no one had ever told me about Jesus and about God's plan for my life, or if I had never read for myself about him, I would be clueless about the need for faith. Amen. It's important that especially in this day and age, we need to have faith. Everything is based on faith. Mm-hmm. Faith in Christ Jesus. And so the first thing is reading his word. Now, some of you might be like, well, you know, I don't really understand the Bible. There's Mm -hmm. so many different really good translations that are out there now. You could go on this um, app called Bible Gateway, download it to your phone, and they have so many, so many awesome versions of the word of God. And so when you hear the word of God, you could hear it through what? preaching you could hear it through going to your local fellowship you could read it yourself it could even be read to you if you don't know how to read bible apps that (laughs) read the bible to you in different languages so there are so many opportunities and practical ways to read the word of god so again romans 10 17 so that's number one read the word of god candy's going to take number two number two walk out the word walk out the word So you're reading the word of God. So you're processing it. Now you have to walk it out. In James 1, 22 to 24, it says, Offer a second way to increase your faith, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. We need to be doers of the word, not only hearers of the word. You're deceiving yourself. If you think you're just going to hear the word and it sounded good while you're sitting there at church and, and it's just, you know, makes you feel good makes your heart feel warm and then you leave there's a reason why you're not doing it either you're just like i'm just gonna hear it felt good it's not for me there's a reason why you're not doing it could it be the fact that you don't understand it that's why you have to understand what you're reading so you can apply it to your life it says when you hear the word and you don't do it you don't actually put it in action you're deceiving yourself It says that it's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. He looks at it and then he goes away and immediately forgets what he's seen. So it's like us looking at ourselves, evaluating ourselves, because that's what we do when we're sitting on Sunday at church. We evaluate ourselves. Then we walk out and on Monday we're acting like the devil again. That means we're not trying, we're not even trying to let the Holy Spirit convict us. We're not even trying to hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's saying, no, don't do that. Don't say that. And we're like, nah. And then Sunday, we come back and we're convicted again. And we're asking for forgiveness. Yes. I'm not saying anything about that. Like, oh my God, don't be going to church. No, keep on going to church. But can you stop the vicious cycle? If not, there's no progression for you. You're doing the same thing over and over. So there are things that are holding you back from walking out the word. So let's find out those things. Hear the word, 
when it convicts you and then apply it to your life and walk it out yeah just be i mean be nice and have compassion for people especially this day and age it just seems like people are just mm-hmm. looking to destroy other people or to just act a fool you know yeah nobody but. nobody helps each other anymore <laughs> it's like if you see somebody getting beat up you pull out your phone instead of actually helping somebody nobody's standing for righteousness right we right. need to check ourselves and it's not even about oh well i don't want to be involved you need to be involved <laughs> because you are you you are the one that has jesus you are the one that has right standing with god that god is talking to so step in and intervene yeah there's also scripture it says that you know if you see an injustice and you do nothing about it call it your own so it's important for us as christ followers to be involved yeah to be involved in what's going on definitely and last but not least number three number three test the word and we find this in malachi Old Testament chapter 3, 9 through 11, we know it talks about uh, tithes and offering. But in this scripture, um, he gives us, it says, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of Mm. heaven and pour Mm. out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. As you test or act on what God says and experience God's blessing, your faith will grow. Amen. So it's super important for us to to test and walk that out. You know, I mean, a lot of us, we we like to have our own perspective Mm -hmm. and, and walk out in what we see. And we know as faith, you know, believers, it's important for us to walk out in faith. It says that the word of God guides the steps of a righteous man. The only way we are righteous is through him. There's nothing that you can do. And so if you have to make a big decision right now, the very first thing that you should do is go before the Lord. Yes. Because if it's birthed through him, there will be a blessing. Amen. If it's birthed through you, you better watch out. Mm-mm. And I'm telling you usually from experience. Trouble. Yeah. It's usually trouble. If it's birthed <laughs> from you and your yeah. flesh, it's a mess. A hot mess, probably. Yeah. But if it's birthed through the Lord, dude, it's some good stuff. Blessings. You're on right on the right track. And you have to ask yourself, Lord, if this is of you, I want it. If you are in this, I want to be in it. But if you are not in it, Lord, I want no part of it. I don't want no part. I've done it on my own already. I've got myself in messes. Right. And a lot of times, too, is that. You know, sometimes we use excuses. I like somebody put up there, no excuses. You know, sometimes we use excuses. And I would say a big excuse, even for me, would be that of failure. I hate to fail. Mm -hmm. I hate to lose. I hate to get the L in the column. Every one of us likes to win. And so because of that, sometimes we will not walk in faith and test what God has has. Uh, revealed to us or has shown us it's already written what we're supposed to do yeah and and mario a little bit because some people might be like what test god i thought we're not supposed to test god tell them the difference of what we're talking about when you test god in this way right and the cool thing is i uh, i wrote something about that there's a difference in testing god by contesting him 
seeing how far God's patience will go with your own self-will. Yeah. And testing mm-hmm. or proving God's word is true in Malachi 3, 9, 11. So those are the differences. Yeah. A lot of us, just like when our kids test us, right? You tell them, no, don't touch that. And they're like, they test you. Well, we do that a lot to our heavenly. Yes, we do. We do that to our heavenly father. And for the people that are out there that are, no, I don't do that. Everything's good. I got it all going. Quit, mm-hmm. quit testing him mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Quit contesting him. So, yeah, um, a lot of it is testing. It says test all spirits. We're supposed to. And how do we do that? We match it up. Okay. The the word of God is our firm foundation yep. here. Let me use that. So the word of God is our firm foundation. And there's boundaries on that firm foundation. Mm-hmm. And so if we come off of that or if we're out of those boundaries, we cannot do it. Mm-mm. It's simple. It's plain. Mm-mm. And the important thing is, as man, we like to add on to it. Well, I'm, I'm going to put another boundary out here and put another boundary out here. It's just like that religious attitude. I don't know if you've ever dealt with people like that, but um, should we share that story? I mean, we don't it. have to use names about a girl wearing pants. It's just... Anyways, okay, maybe we won't. Maybe it's too real. Um, but anyways, boundaries, oh. biblical oh. biblical boundaries. We can. We okay. can share it because I I, I witnessed it. Yeah, just don't um, use any names. Yeah, I won't use any names. So a, a girl um, that I know, um, I seen her and she told me, Hey, Candy, how are you? I've been watching Candy in the neighborhood on Monday. Let me tell you, it's so good. It's helping me so much. And she tells me, you know what, Candy, um, I actually told, you know, one of the ladies at our church and they told me not to watch it. Um, she said, like, because you had lipstick on. And I was like, oh, dang, that was one conversation. Next time I seen her, she had told me that she she was walking around in scrubs, in scrub pants and a top. And she's seen some of the ladies at church, from church. And she said, hi, you know, how are you guys doing? Praise the Lord. How are you doing, sisters? And before she even turned around, I've seen her in the bathroom and she was crying. So I told her what happened. She's like, before I turned around, they started talking to me and they said, how dare she even speak to us? She has no shame to be walking around like a man in, in pants. And so she was in the bathroom crying. And I just started to speak life into her and speak life into her and tell her, you know, you know I, I just started to, to tell her the gospel again, what Jesus did for us and what, what is tradition and what is, what is God saying? And so when I started to ease her mind, but I said, she said, what is, why are you nice? Why can I understand? But when I, I feel free when I'm talking to you, but when I talk to them and they teach me, I feel like I can't do anything right and I feel ashamed and I feel not worth not worth nothing. Right. So the word of God is supposed to give you freedom. So you need to test all spirits. Not everybody who says the Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of God. But didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I perform miracles? Didn't I prophesy in your name? That means that they were workers for the Lord. Unbelievers don't do those works. Believers do those works. And God said, I never knew you. I wonder what God has to tell those two sisters that told her when she said, you know, good. How are you guys doing? Praise the Lord. And they they said it loud enough so she could hear. 
Right. How dare she talk to us? She don't even have no shame to be wearing pants like a man. How can you tell somebody that? Yeah, How can you, where does that come from? And that's why we don't want to talk about it so much because it's too real and we don't right. want to hurt nobody's feelings. But you guys need to stop that. She was crying in the bathroom. That is yeah. not Jesus. I'm sorry, it's not Jesus. Right, right. That's not his love. I, and we run into this all the time. I mean, God. it's funny. I, I, uh, I mean, I, you know, I go to different churches. Sometimes I go speak at different areas in different places. And sometimes I'll just go visit a church, you know, on a whim just to go visit. And I could sit there and just be me. But it's always funny, like, at, at some churches, you know, people will come up and be like, hey, um, you know, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And they try and drag me up to the altar. Yeah, because you, know, you got tattoos. Yeah, I got tattoos. So they don't even think he's saved. <laughs> yeah. And so to me, it's funny because, you know, I, I grew up in that kind of culture. And so the reason why we're bringing this up is because we do need to test all spirits. Yes. And it's super important. Where Where's the bar? Where is the test coming from? The test is coming from the word, the of, word God. of God. That's where it's coming from. It's a, and we're not just taking one scripture and then making a doctrine or a teaching out of it. You have to read it in its whole, in its entirety. Is this a, a biblical truth for this time here and now? Is I mean, there's so many things that we could look at in scripture and, and read it. But we just wanted to talk to you guys today about building your faith. Yes. Because that's it, yes. what it's all about. It's about faith in Jesus. If you want to um find freedom in a bad relationship and addiction and stinking thinking and financial issues and areas the important thing is to go to the master and that's the mm, lord jesus christ yes. and he if you're a seeker of truth because some of us seek for falseness but if you're a, a seeker of mm, truth mm. believe you he will meet you where you're at so those questions that you have if you're a seeker of truth he will meet you there. Well, you know what? If you're a seeker of anything, whatever you're seeking for, you will find it, baby. You're going to find it. But if you really want to seek out truth, that's why the Bible says, God is saying, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. If you really want God and you're really seeking for him, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about a real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're talking about the creator of all all heavens and earth. You're talking about the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings. If you want a real relationship, seek him with all your heart. You will find him. Yeah. So what are you seeking? Yeah. What are you believing? Yeah. He had to look at Martha and tell her, do you believe? What do you believe in? Not only that, I mean, the disciples were with him and constantly he had to prove to them he had to, you know, I mean, he didn't have to, but he did because he loved them. And especially Thomas, you know, I'm not going to believe it until I touch the holes in your hand, you know, and some of us are that stubborn in our thinking. And that's why it's important mm. for us to pray, Lord, help, help me, me with, with my, my unbelief. Yes, Lord, help, help me, me with, with my, my unbelief my unbelief. heart. Yeah. Yes. Because if anything, if you look, look, I mean. Don't don't be believing me. Go look for yourself. But look, does Jesus really rebuke the disciples for much? 
Like, does he say, oh, you guys are so sinful, you're disgusting, you're this, you're that? Because I know they had some sin on them. Right. Peter said it himself. When he seen the works and he said, oh, wait, I'm in the presence. I'm, a, I'm in the presence of something divine. He told them, yeah. get away from me because I'm such a sinful man. Get away from me. Yeah. So we know these men were sinful, but Jesus never rebuked them for being sinful. He did rebuke them about their unbelief. He said, ye, oh man, you of little faith. Yeah. He rebuked them constantly because of their unbelief. So let me tell you, read John chapter 11, the death of, the death of Lazarus, and see that God is trying to get us to believe. Yeah. So we leave you at that. Do you want to go over the one, two, 